Good morning, friends. Wow, this is uh, this is really an amazing moment for me for to see so many uh, people who have come in for uh, Father's Day and uh, uh, to service this morning, and um, some some uh, friends who I haven't seen in a while, uh, and then some new some new faces and new kids that uh, that I get to enjoy. For those of you who who uh, don't know, I used to pastor here. And uh, I, uh, Lisa and I were here for 20, uh, 22 years, and uh, we started when the church was um, probably about 23. The, I think Gloria and Stu and Sherry and Doug, I think we're the only, you guys are the only ones. I brainwashed them, so they stayed. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, and then so many of you kind of came during the, those uh, couple of decades, and, um, and now to see, see your faces along with, with a whole bunch of uh, faces that I, I don't recognize. And uh, I want you to know that Pastor Jared is, is in Georgia today. Uh, he's, I guess technically it's a vacation, but it sounds like he's working his tail off. He's a good man, and I'm so glad that uh, Jared and Kelly and, and their family are here and uh, doing a great job. Lots of folks out of town. I had some messages on Facebook. I'm sorry, can't be there. But uh, um, so this is a good church, continues to be a good church. Be, it continues to be led well and uh, or probably led better, I should say. And uh, isn't there a led better here? Led, isn't there a led better I think there's a lead better in this church, or uh, so. But I uh, so it's it's really it's it's a joy for me to be here, be among uh, my family, uh, my two uh, my two uh, grandsons and two daughters and one son-in-law, one wife. My other couldn't make it, uh, and then and Kayla, Kayla could have uh, could have our third grandchild in the next hour, so. Uh, <laughs> You have your phone. Good, good, good. So, um, my wife doesn't put a lot of sappy things on Facebook. Uh, she doesn't put a lot of things on Facebook, and so I thought I brought my Father's Day card because she never says anything sappy about me on Father's Day. So I just wanted you to know if she thinks that I'm an amazing father. So, <laughs> but you won't ever read that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, today, today is being a father's uh, Father's Day, and that song that the kids sang, the, "A Good Good Father," is such a great picture of God. Um, and I hope as you read that, or you, as you sing that song, you really do focus in on that is a wonderful, awesome picture of God, because often we, uh, someone want, I can't remember who it said, but someone once said. Uh, man is created in the image of God, and then man returns the favor, and we create God in our image. We kind of create how we want God to be. And so if things are going really well, then God's on our side. If things are not going well, then God's against us. That's not the good, good father that we serve. That's a God that we've created in our image. And, and so I love that. I love that idea of of uh, um, how much God adores you. And I know today, for some, 
uh, I read Facebook this, I looked at Facebook this morning and there were a lot of people saying, call your dad today and wish him happy Father's Day. And I sat there thinking, I sure wish I could. And there's a lot of you in that same realm today that, that yes, you, you love Father's Day, you love getting cards that, uh, you know, the one day where people say, hey, you're a good dad. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you love getting that. But there's a whole bunch of other emotions going on inside of us as well that says, man, we wish we could pick up a phone. The older I get, the more my dad, who died about 16 years ago, the, 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 the more he becomes a hero. The more, he, the, the more I wish I could pick up a phone and call him and talk to him. And, uh, and so I want to, before I get into the text, I, this, this scripture just uh, came to me today and, and, I, and I looked it up. My text today is Psalms 86, but this is actually a Psalms that comes from Psalm 68. And some of you may want to uh, just jot this down. Uh, it says in verse 4, sing to God, sing praise to his name, extol him who rides on the cloud. His name is the Lord and rejoices before him. He is a father to the fatherless, and he is a defender of widows. He reigns in his holy dwelling. I just want you to know that today. We're going to talk about something else, but for those of you who, who, are, uh, who are dealing with, with a lot of different kinds of emotions today, I want you to know that this good, good father, he still adores you. And even though it may feel like uh, this, is a, this is a broken day, I want you to know that he adores you. He's crazy about you. When you woke up this morning, he said, all right, they're awake. Right? Most, a lot of us have the idea that when we wake up, God says, oh, no, he's awake again. I got to watch him again today. But nothing could be further from the truth. He adores you. Um, several years ago, probably 20 years ago, Lisa and I had taken the girls probably with Barb and Jim Cherry, uh, Christina's back there, uh, to Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, this one, Chuck E. Cheese, wasn't the new one. It was, it was the old one down by the old Kmart that's not even there anymore down by Jefferson. And I remember going in there, and our kids had an abundance of tokens because, you know, we probably purchased a, a package. At that time, the pizza was really bad, so you didn't go for the pizza at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I think it's better now, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. As I remember Colton's birthday. I, I, took, I had a couple of pizzas. Pieces. Pieces. Um, but uh, but uh, we, were, we were there, and our kids were playing the games, and they were doing all kinds of crazy things. And I remember one little kid who was just watching everyone play the games. He was just kind of, he just had his eyes on everybody with tokens, and I noticed that he had no tokens, Mom and dad weren't around. I don't know where they were. Maybe they, maybe they were playing the different games with tokens. But he, had, he didn't have any tokens. And, and I remember thinking how, how lonely life can be sometimes for those of us who feel like we don't have any tokens. Now, we had an abundance of tokens, so I remember I was able to reach into my pocket, and I remember, to, to, I remember giving him some tokens to go play some games. Uh, but I don't know if that really solved anything. Um, the, the bottom line is 
Life for many of us can feel like everybody else has tokens, but we don't. Tomorrow I leave for our national convention of the Church of God. It's out in Wichita. Uh, A long time ago it used to be in Anderson, Indiana. And I remember going to, uh, this too was a long time, uh, 20, 20 years ago probably, and I remember going to the services, and we used to meet in this big auditorium that was a dome. It was an it, it architectural uh, uh, thing to see, but, but it was this big dome, and it would hold about 6,000 people, and we would go. And, and for those of us who went to the colleges that the Church of God sponsors, or a lot of times we'd been in pastorates, and we'd see people that we had pastored before. So people would walk around outside the dome. And when you were walking around outside the dome, you would catch up with people that you hadn't seen in a while. Well, this particular year, we were in a slump here at Shorewood. We were just in a slump. No matter what we did, it didn't seem to work. You know, we were supposed, we would do mailings to invite people to church, and nobody would come. And then on a Sunday where the sound system would break, we'd have six new families, And it'd be like, why, God, do you even see this? You know, you're supposed to send people when we send out the mailings because then we're ready for them. And then our sound system breaks and then you send people in. It just didn't make sense. But as I walked around this dome for our convention, I kept hearing things like, you know, oh, our church is growing. And I kept thinking, ours isn't. Uh, We we have uh, our kids, our kids are doing great. They're on honor roll. And, and uh, um, oh, we're exercising. You know, I mean, that, that was one of those, oh, well, good for you. <laughs> that was the worst one. <laughs> so the church is growing. Everybody's buying new cars. Their kids are doing wonderful. Uh, you know, their wife likes them and all this kind of stuff. And I, I remember I had heard so much good that everybody else was experiencing, I couldn't go back to the services. I just couldn't be around it. I mean, Lisa went, she she would go, and she'd come back and tell me more good news from other people, but I just couldn't go anymore. I mean, luckily I could watch it on TV in the hotel room because it was just as if everybody had tokens and I had none. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, it's probably not an accurate picture of God, right? But you experience that. You know, you look around and and somebody has, you know, you you buy new furniture and then somebody gets the furniture that you really wanted. Or somebody, you, you know, you get a new car and then somebody else pulls in with a newer one. Or, or just about the time that you feel like you got this great promotion at work, someone else gets another promotion. Or about the time that you think that you're ready for a promotion, you don't get it, but two other people who don't deserve it get it. You, you know what I'm saying? Or am I the only one who feels this? This <laughs> is just a therapy lesson for me. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes that can be Sometimes that can be about relationships. Uh, sometimes it can be um, about vacations. You know, when somebody says, oh, we were only, we could, we could only go to Branson for our anniversary. And other people are like, yeah, well, we went to Wilmington. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, isn't, that, isn't that terrible? You had to go to Branson, and, and we went, yeah. And nothing's wrong. There's nothing wrong with Wilmington. It's just the first thing that came out of my head. <laughs> oh, what about you? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you start going through all kinds of health issues in your life. About the time that you thought the kids were gone, you would have empty nests, and you and your wife could do anything and everything, and, and all of a sudden, health issues hit you, and, all, and, and now, wow. It's, it's, like, it's like, now I got to be back for doctor's appointments, and, that, and you sound like your grandparents. Life can be lonely. People can let you down. Life disappoints you. And it can make you feel like if you only had a token, that everybody else has these tokens. Everybody else has these things going right in their life. But, but for whatever reason and for some reason, it just isn't clicking for you. Um, David addresses this in one of the Psalms in uh, Psalms 86. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through it. I was just going to focus in on a verse, but I'm going to actually read through the text. This morning as I was looking at this, I thought, no, I think, I think I'd like to read through the entire text. It's, it's uh, 17 verses long, so it's not, it's not very long. And I'll try to read through it in a way that you kind of get, try to get what I'm trying to say within the text, okay? Here's David pouring his heart out to God. And just trust me on this, he doesn't think God is being fair but he's trying to stay in an attitude of worship and adoration for who he is, okay? So he, he's, he's crying out to God, knowing that he's not feeling it. So here he says, Psalms 86, Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. In other words, he's saying, I'm not feeling you answering me, God. I'm, I'm poor, I'm needy, but I'm still going to pray, and I'm still going to ask you to answer me. Guard my life, for I'm devoted to you. Don't forget that, God. You are my God, so save your servant who's trusting in you. Do you, do you kind of see the, the I'm devoted to you, so save me. I'm crying out to you because I trust you, but I'm not hearing you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. He's crying all day long, and he's not finding joy. There's something being messed up here. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. So hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for the mercy. Give me a token. In the day of my trouble, I'll call to you, and I know you'll answer me. Among the gods, there's none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, and I'll walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. But the arrogant are attacking me, O God. There's a band of ruthless men seeking my life, men without regard for you. 
when, when Psalms, these are actually people who are against David. These are individuals. And some of you may be facing that kind of attack this morning. Like individuals that are going after you. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that most people here probably don't have individuals coming after you. But you all have issues that are coming after you. You all have things that are coming after you. You're all facing things where it looks like maybe this isn't very fair. So when you read the Psalms and you look at this, don't look at it as just like enemies, uh, like an ISIS terrorist attack. Look at it as those things that don't make sense in your life. Those, 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 uh, those situations that make you cry out to God saying, I know you're up there. I know you're real. I know you're loving. I know you've forgiven me. But I just need a token right now because it doesn't seem like it. You ever been there? It just doesn't seem like I have many tokens. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant your strength to your servant and the son of your maidservant. And here's, here's the 17th verse. Give me a... Now, does that say sign? Yeah. There's another translation that uses, actually uses the word token. Give me a token of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and you've comforted me. Give me a token so that my enemies can be put to shame. For David, he's, he is, uh, he's sensing that God is near and people are saying to David, where's your God? If you remember the story of Job in the New Testament, uh, he, was, he was praising God, and he, he's this man that's fully devoted to God. He loves God with all of his heart, and life begins to go really sour on him. Loses his kids, loses his wealth. He gets sick. He's covered in boils, and his friends are like, where's your God now? You know, before when everything was going good, they were looking at him and saying, wow, man, God is, God's really good to you, Job. We, 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 need to get, we need to get to your God, Job. But when things go bad, that's why we, we, a lot of individuals create God in their image. So we think when things are going bad for us, that God is against us. That's why we need to keep a healthy, that's an idol, actually, when we create God in our image. What we need to do is know God, and you know God by spending time with God. And when you begin to know God, you'll begin to be able to sing with confidence that he's a good, good father, and he's crazy about you. And he's crazy about me. And what David is saying is, God, there's a lot of people watching this, and things aren't going very well in my life, and, and you... You, God, if you could just give me a token, because it's making you look bad. It's making you look bad, and, and I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to look bad, God, because I know how good you are, and I know how much you love us, and I know how much you're on our side. 
You see, for David, it wasn't doubt. He, didn't, he wasn't doubting if God loved him. He really wasn't even looking for clarity or the will of God in his life. He's just saying, you aren't looking very good right now. And these enemies that are coming after me are bringing that up again and again and again. So just if you could just throw me a token. Some of you have faced this by giving. You, you're, you, you've, you've made a commitment and you're, and you're giving and you're giving faithfully and you're giving uh, uh, sacrificially. And all of a sudden your furnace goes out or your car breaks down and you're thinking, wait a minute, the pastor told me that if I give that you're going you're gonna to work this all out and it doesn't seem that it's working out. Just throw me a token here. Or it could be loneliness. And, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you have, maybe you've made a commitment to, uh, to live a holy life in a dating relationship. And because you've made this commitment, your, that significant other person said, hey, if, that's, if, if there's no benefits in the relationship, like I'm thinking, then I'm out of here. And you're like, God, I, I made this for you. I made this commitment to be holy to you. And now I'm sitting here alone on a Friday night. It'd be so much easier if, if I just, I mean, I wouldn't be lonely anymore. God, I could fix this. And people are saying, hey, if you'd lower your standards then you wouldn't be sitting home alone on a Friday night. And you may be saying, but, but man, God, if you could just throw me a token on this, if you could just notice my loneliness. Or maybe you're looking for some direction. Maybe you're looking for some direction. I, uh, man, some of you know this already, but, but when I hit... Um, what time is it? I'm, I'm sweating like I've been preaching an hour and a half. <laughs> sweating like I'm preaching in Brian Bragg's church. Man. I don't know. That reminds me, this is a true story. I had just got this Apple Watch. And I was preaching at one of our churches in Evanston. Church is about 900 people. And, and I mean, it's just, it's a great church. And I'm preaching, right? And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's, I would say it's probably 90% African-American. Okay, so they're talking, they're talking back and forth. And it's like, I'm just in heaven preaching. I mean, every preacher should get a chance to preach at, at, in Evanston. And so, so I'm, I'm just preaching away, and my Apple Watch goes off and says, you need to breathe. <laughs> and, I, it keeps, and it keeps going off, and I'm like, like I, wonder if I'm, I wonder if my heart's going crazy or something like this. <laughs> so, oh, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, but, but just this idea that, that, life, uh, that life, maybe you're overcome with worry. And you're trying not to worry, and you know you shouldn't worry, but, but you're just overcome with this sense of, of, of worry, and you're saying, God, if, if, if I could just have a token, I wouldn't worry as, as much. I remember we were going through something with, with Erica when she was in her high school years, and, and uh, it was just a really, really difficult time for her and for us, 
And, and I, I remember uh, I, called, I called my pastor as I was growing up, and I said, I said, pastor, his name is Pastor Fox. And I said, Pastor Fox, I don't know why. He said, hey, Eric, did you, did you dedicate Erica when she was a baby? I said, yeah, we did. We, we dedicated her to the Lord, and we just placed her on the altar, and we said, God, this is your child, and we're going to do our very best to raise her. He said, well, I suggest you just put her back on the altar. And, I, and I, I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, sounds like you're worrying. and all, It sounds like you're trying to control this situation. I suggest you place her back on the altar. I was thinking of the Abraham and Isaac oh, <laughs> sacrifice. No, no. <laughs> I, was just, I was just kidding, Eric. What about marriage? What about marriage that you think, I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm trying, and it doesn't get any better, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Can you just give me a token? I want you to know that I, I've been following, I'm, I'm 52, and, and I, I surrendered my life uh, early when I was a child, and then probably since about 18 years old, uh, have never looked back. So I've been following the Lord a long time now. And I want you to know, this text is true. This text is true. That there are times in life where you cry out for a token, and there are times in life where it doesn't seem fair, but it's a season. It's a season. And, God, and, you can, and you can cry out like David did and say, God, if you could just give me a token, and he will. It may be, a, it may be in the middle of the night. It, it may be a miraculous token. It may be a lot of tokens. Or it just may be a half a token. And there's some of you today that would settle for a half a token of just knowing that he hasn't forgotten about you in your time of toughness, in this season of life for you. There's three things that, that David did. Um, the first thing I see him doing, he didn't withdraw from the family of God. I want you to know that. The, the, the worst thing that you can do when you feel like God is silent, is to withdraw from the family of God. And that is the thing that you will be tempted to do at first. Even, even if it's just, I'm just going to stay home and pray. I'm just not going to go today and be around God's people because I just need to be alone. Look, we're in and out. If, if you're at this church, you're in and out in an hour. You're, you're in a very seldom over, over, just then go home, like, like this afternoon, like I plan to do. Go home and take my shoes off and take a nap. Then you can go spend time, but don't withdraw from the family of God. The second thing, David, he stayed in worship. So it's not just a Sunday morning event, but he's journaling, he's, he's writing, he's going throughout his day, reminding himself who God is. 
He stayed in worship. David stayed in worship. He stayed connected. And then the final thing, and, and I, just, I want you to just think about this and know this, that in the economy of God, in the economy of God, joy always comes in the morning. In, in the economy of the world, joy does not come always in the morning, okay? We, for those of you who are followers of Christ, you live in a different economy. I, 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 this may not make sense, but I just want you to think about it. You live for the kingdom of God. It's alive in you right now. The kingdom of God, when you, when we, they were asking Jesus, where is the kingdom of God? He's saying, it dwells right here. The kingdom of God is alive in you right now. So you live as a follower of God, you live in a different economy. We're not living for the same thing than someone who doesn't know God. They live, they live in a different... So, so for our economy, if you want to talk about finances, economy in the kingdom of God, you can't outgive God. You just can't do it. You can't outgive God. Um, in the economy of God, joy comes in the morning. It, that's just the way it is in the economy of God. And David, David knows the economy of God because he's reminding God. Here's another thing in the economy of God. God is never late. He's never late. He'll scare you to death sometimes. He does. He scared me to death several times. But he's never late. He's a right on time God. Our temptation, and I'm almost done. Our temptation is, is to work things out, especially dads. Fix things. Handle things. Uh, take things into our own hands. That's, that's kind of how we're wired in the economy of the world. But in the economy of, the, of God, this is what God says to you for those of you who are in this season of, of uh, whatever you want to call it, turmoil, silence, loneliness, whatever it is. This is what God says, and it's Psalms 110. And oh, the morning that I saw this in my devotions. It was just about a year ago. I was in this, I was in this time where I just didn't know which way to turn, left, right, I just, it was, God was silent. I was ready to throw up my hands. Uh, it, it, was, it was just one of those times. And I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I have pen, I have paper, and I'm trying to solve this issue. And this is what God said to me that morning. The Lord says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. I said, okay, what do I do? And God says, sit at my right hand. You know what that means? A place of honor. Eric, I know this is killing you, but just come and sit at my right hand. A place of honor. It's, it's like when mom and dad say to you, you can sit up front today. 
That's a big deal. You can sit up front. Well, after you pass the car seat. I, I think they're in car seats until they're 14 these days. But, but I, me and Carl, we sat in car seats that you just hooked on the back of the seat. No belts, nothing. You just hooked them on the back of the seat. Look at us. <laughs> Today you're in car seats. That I, when, I t- when the kids come in my car, I'm like to the girls, you put them in. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even good. I'm not doing it. God says, I want you to sit at my right hand, a place of honor, and watch me take care of this. That's tough for any of us to do. But in the economy of God, that works. It works. In the economy of God, that works. What would it look like if we were followers of Christ that actually lived this text? What would it look like? People would want to know your God. People would want to know that if you're always talking about how God never lets you down, they would want to know your God. If they saw you up against a tough, difficult situation, and they say to you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you say, you know, right now, I, I'm just going to sit here and watch God work. What if our song became this? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever wilt be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness Summer and winter. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to
again. Great. One more time. Is that it? Am I, am I done? Okay. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I, I just must be uh, really enjoying the moment because I need to go and take a bath. <laughs> it's been great to be with you this morning. Uh, hey, I used to close with a benediction, and uh, I have it. Let me, uh, let me share it with you. Go forth into the streets of our world. Go with the memory of this hour when you've refreshed your souls in the presence of God and with his people. Go with the intention to be faithful to Jesus and carry his love and extend it to everyone you meet. Go with courage. Go with the resolve not to sin. And go with the exciting reminder that at any moment, Jesus may come again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, walk with God. Have a great week. God bless you.